bids are in. The gavel is dropped. Ladies and gentlemen, here at WineBid, we are finally hammered. That's right. This is WineBid's podcast dedicated to all things wine value, wine retail, wine auctions, and just wine. My name is Jeff Gurn. I'm on the WineBid marketing team. With me, as always, is my compatriot, Paul Walker, our wine expert, or is he's known in the industry, the Generalissimo of Garnacha. And welcome <laughs> to the podcast, Paul. Today, we're going to be doing an auction, our wine auction recap. And we're going to be going through, taking a look at everything that happened this very past week. Everything? We're going to look at everything that happened? Every single bottle. We're, we're taking be here for every quite a while. Bottle. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be here for a very long time. Everybody strap in. We need to check out 3,487 bottles. <laughs> but uh, more than that. Well, 3,700 bottles sold last week. It's a pretty good, pretty busy week. Wow. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's not crazy. That's and everyone crazy. wants to ship at the same time, too. So go figure. So the warehouse is busy. <laughs> Anyway, let's jump right into it. With. Labe, Jura, winner last week. Uh, well, yes, the night 2018, Julien Labe, Cote de Jura, which, and we, which every time I brought, up, up, I this brought is, this up. This no, is you a slightly hammered effect. No, you didn't bring it up. I, I brought up the Jura wines. <laughs> I mentioned but Labe, Jura wines, Labe, which is this is. Labe, I would say, is is like Ganavat in the sense that whenever it comes to auction, people go crazy. And they go a lot more crazy for Labe than they do Ganavat, I would well, say. Ever, ever, since at, I, ever since I brought it up on the podcast, yes, <laughs> I would agree with you. Yes, Jeff, Jeff is single-handedly responsible for its appreciation. So, Jeff... Yes. Why didn't you give people, you know, your wine investment expertise and say, buy all the lobby? Well, you? well, when we started the yeah. podcast, why didn't you say buy the lobby that's on the auction and 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 then, you know, hold on to it for because it's already now we've been doing this for what, a year and a half? So. I know. Well, just so you know, I did say I did say on last week's podcast, I said, <laughs> These Jura wines, like, and this is something we've been talking about for like a year. Like every time they come into auction, I don't understand. They always get bid up. They right? do. Like, I, I, I do they ever? And they young, young vintages too. They're both Chardonnay from 2019. Yeah. They're and... 19. Yeah, they're ni- 19 shirts. It, we had two Chardonnays. They had 13 bids on them. They started at $35 and hammered at $120 a bottle. Yeah, it's crazy. That's it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, and I I looked just to see, and the the Cote de Jura Fleur de Chardonnay. The only other vintage we've sold is the sixteen, and it sold for one ninety nine on yeah. Let's see in February, and there were it's kind of a similar situation. There were two bottles of it, and they got bid up like absolutely crazy. They started at twenty five bucks and bid up to one ninety nine. So. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Les Varon really... Chardonnay was number three. That had ten bids, taking it from fifty to one hundred and twenty dollars as well, right? Yeah. So, yeah, these wines are very, very hot for sure. We had the fourteen de Jacques Phil and Perret uh, Gevry Champartin. Uh, yeah, so this is the negotiant. This is going to negotiate yeah. level. So at seventy bucks, you're like, oh, fourteen, great Burgundy vintage. You know, not a bad deal. But no, eighty dollars, eighty bucks. <laughs> Six bottles, it's still not that bad. That's that's not terrible. It's not crazy. I thought this one I thought was interesting. The 82 Casa Frenadora Barca Vela. This one, we had three of them. They started at 308 bids, took them to selling it just around $450. Yeah, you know, I flagged these because, well, you and I both review 
items every week and we often don't get a chance to review you know everything under the sun and this is kind of one of those rare wines that stuck out to me i was like wait a minute dry red wine from doro from you know port is best known for obviously but there's also some really really phenomenally great and complex and interesting red wine dry red wine i should say from the doro and this is an old old example and i there must be a serious collector following uh jeff always calls me an expert but i'm not i don't know a whole lot but i i do enjoy finding out and learning about these things and i noticed that this wine oddly enough had a suckling score of 94 which i imagine he probably rated in more recent times yeah well not 1983 well no i'm suspecting that like this wine yeah he rated it in october 2022 right so like how did James Suckling get a hold of a bottle of this, you know, last year, which would lead me to believe that maybe the winery released. And also, do you see the fill on this thing? It's perfect. The label's not in the most amazing condition, but it yeah, looks it, to me it, like it was a late, you know, a late, late release from the winery. Like this. Although the back label on it, it's kind of hard to tell because it was, it was imported by a place in Riverside, Connecticut, oddly enough. And it looks like a back label, I would say, from maybe the early 2000s or the 90s, maybe. So anyway, I'm just very curious about this stuff. I got to look what, it up. So this is something that I was told by a local wine shop owner and somebody, and I have no idea if this is actually true, but I'm going to say it with the caveat that I have not been able to verify this, even though I've tried, <laughs> but this is what I've heard. What I have heard is that when it comes to wine grown in Portugal, there's a law that says vineyards can only use a certain percentage of the grapes that they pick for port. So they have to make some amount of dry red wine. And that what this person was telling me, as of course, they were selling me a dry red wine from Portugal. Uh, so it was very much in their best interest to say this. What they told me was that you actually get some amazing dry red wine because they're sort of forced, like even some of the top port makers are forced to use very high quality grapes to make dry red wine rather than port. They'd rather make port because they make more money off of it than they make off of dry red wine. So he seemed to think or purport that that there is a lot of amazing dry red wine coming out of Portugal or that, that is made in Portugal. It's just not very well known because Portugal's known for port. Well, turns out Casa Ferreirinha, Ferreirinha, I don't know how to pronounce it properly, is apparently a pioneer brand and leader in non-fortified Douro wines. So apparently they've been making dry red wine in Douro for many, 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 many years. And apparently it's very, very collectible and very, very good. So now we have to go find some and drink it. That's the next plan. I thank you for volunteering to find some that you and I can drink, Paul. (laughs) Anyway, Um, if we try to find the 82, it's going to cost us close to... $450 $450 a piece. I mean, unless it continues to appreciate in price, <laughs> in which case we've got this. I'm going to move on to this uh, 2017 PRFs, Colin Moray, Santenay, Les, Santenay, uh, yeah. Lavier, eight bit. We have four bottles, eight bits, from 65 to 76. That's yeah, interesting. That's a good appreciation there. Yeah, interesting too, because Colin Moray is more, I think, known for white wines than the red wines and so i'm kind of interesting to see one of the reds get bit up 
you know, multiple times. Also, there were four bottles. So it wasn't like there was just a single one. But yeah, you know, Colin Murray is just great, great winemaker, great producer, just seems like everything he does, people just go after. So uh, it sure turns to gold. We had talked about this last week. The 94 Weinbach uh, Riesling Schlossberg. Uh, yeah, we met, we mentioned that this was, I was barking at you about bringing up, you know, Zinhambrecht every week and saying that's all you ever do. And I brought up v- Weinbach next week, last week. I was going to Weinbach because I think I said that the, in. the one interesting Alsatian wine for me last week was, was this particular 94 Weinbach Schlossberg. And sure enough, you know, you, I don't think you appreciate Alsatian wine enough. Like, I genuinely don't think you appreciate it enough. And I feel like, you know, it would do you good to get some more experience with Alsatian wine, <laughs> especially Zin Umbrecht. <laughs> but this, but this 94 Weinbach started at 50, eight bits took it to $94. But you're, you're, I mean, you're talking about something with, I mean, look, next year it's going to have 30 years of age on it, right? 29 yeah. years, but almost yeah. has 30 years of age. It's a Riesling, you know, so probably has got a, you know, nice structure that's going to carry it for a while. I'll bet you that stuff is singing right now. And this is one of their, you know, flagship wines, right? Well, it's weird too, because looking back at the history, this is the only time we've ever sold it. So that's pretty crazy to me because, you know, we definitely sold a lot of Weinbach, <laughs> but the Schlossberg, forget it. That's a rare one. Interestingly, also the 94 got a giant score from Parker a bunch of years ago. So I guess it kind of retains, you know, retains some value. But but let me just say, I don't, I still don't think even after eight bids taken from 50 to 94, I still don't think $94 is a crazy amount for a bottle like that, right? You're well, talking- no, especially considering how rare it is, right? If we've right. only ever sold it once, right. That's- that's not I mean, easy to replace. Go like anyone on here. Go into your local wine store and fi- go anywhere in your town and find me a bottle of Schlossberg Cuvée Saint Catherine. Like, y- like I just don't think you're going to be able. If you do, no. maybe one, two. No, like you're going to find you a know, bevy. Well, you might find ones in every vintage. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you know it's like you say it doesn't get enough respect, kind of even among I would say a lot of serious wine collectors they're probably not you know i would say alsace is probably not well represented in a lot of people's collections in general but for yourself paul (laughs) i love my alsatian wine i love it i just drink it if i buy it off the auction it's gone like i bring it home and drink it i don't it's too good I don't it buy them young everything. and age them for years and years and years. Like, I guess you oh, could do. That, that's my other secret. Like, for anybody that wants to, like, sound like they're, a, you know, a wine expert like Paul or sommelier, when someone's like, what should I pair with? It just always go Riesling. I'll say Riesling, I feel like, pairs with 99% of things, at least, that I eat. It's a, yeah, no, it's a safe bet. It is a great pairing wine with that, everything. That, and I feel like... Know, she, wine pairing is also kind of ridiculous in and of itself but no it's it's true and actually jeff i don't know if you noticed this but this week i think there's a 92 schlossberg in that's already got bids on it anyway so we're we're getting carried away here but yes there is there's a 92 reasoning schlossberg this week which is pretty wild because that and that's already got a bid but I'll, i'm curious just to see where that goes crazy not, that's the year i was born <laughs> is what I tell people. Okay, 04 Chateau de Pouligny Montrachet Merceau Terriers. 
Seven bids took it from 55 to 130. Yeah, well, it's sort of the magic vineyard, you know, in Merceau. That's kind of the most heralded place. Shout out to the Puny Marchet. I, again, as a non-expert, don't have a ton of experience with this producer. Obviously, they're based in Puny. But it's a chateau, yeah, it's a chateau in Puny Marchet. So, but I'm saying I don't know. I, their, I don't know um, their Merceau, right? They're not. They're the not street. in Merceau. They're in Puy Marche. It's a different world. Even if they're relatively close neighbors, I always associated Puy Marche with well, Puy Marche. Well, what they do so, is they have their chateau in Puy Marche, which is right next door, and they just they pick over the reach over the fence. Well, Jeff, if you've ever been to Burgundy, you would know where Puy Marche is in relation to Merceau. So they're actually not that close. Well, they use like a fishing a trebuchet. Yeah, a trebuchet. <laughs> a reverse trebuchet. <laughs> to get okay. to, they have long arms. No, you know what's weird arms. is this wine was in last year and it sold for $56. So What's going on here? I just exploded. And, and I will tell you, it is in the one the bottle itself is in beautiful condition. Yeah, it is. But for still, it's like in 16, it sold for 45. And then years later in 2022, last year, it sold for 55 consistently, like not just once, you know, or twice, but consistently yeah. through the year. And then all of a sudden this year it, it blew up to 130. It's pretty interesting. Did you see this 03 Gloria? I thought I'd mention this. Started at $40, seven bids, took it to 51 mm-hmm. I still think that's a great deal for a 20 Yeah, bottle of yeah, yeah great. <laughs> it's always always a great deal. It's great wine. It's never been terribly expensive. It's still not terribly expensive, especially, yeah, I mean, that's great. 20-year-old example, you know, hot Bordeaux vintage, but I think a lot of them are, are holding them together well and still taste great. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's a nice score. Even if, yeah, like you said, at $51, not bad. What do we got next here? We did you have... want to look at some heavy hitters? <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> let's some of these. I did want to mention real quick the Kalen. There was a batch of Kalen wines in, uh, which have a kind of a cult following, very off the beaten path California winery producer that uh, has holds wine back for many years before they're released. And I think. I want to say like the mid nineties Cuvée, what is it? Cuvée W Chardonnay or something was just released recently, but there was a Cuvée DD Pinot Noir from 2000 that was in the, I mean, they didn't hammer for, you know, astronomical prices, but it did get a lot of, a lot of interest and activity. Anyway, oh fun to see, fun to see some Kalen wines. There are some Semyon also 40, I think it hammered for 46 bucks a piece. Uh, bottles. Before we jump over, I'm going to, I'll mention two things. There's an 84 Bonneau du Matre Corton Chardonnay. Yeah, I saw that. It's, yeah. I mean, went from 80, the 84 is like, that's a strange vintage. Well, not a strange, but it's not considered a great vintage in many places. Um, and this well, is another one where good luck finding a replacement to this. I think again, this is probably the only time we've ever sold that wine. At least, the yeah, that one. I mean, that one's just rare. The other one I thought I'd mention basically was because I had put in bids on this, but I got outbid because I love this wine, especially this vintage, the 2012 Colleen Clemens Vineyard Estate uh, Adrian Pinot Noir. Started at twenty five, which I think was less than I bought it for, like <laughs> eight years ago, <laughs> you know, six years ago when I bought it, like at Costco of all places. I think it was like thirty five dollars a bottle. I was like this is so tasty, and I went out and bought a bunch. And I think I'm on my last bottle now. So when I saw this, I was like, I'm gonna pick some of that up because that stuff is delicious. Nope, it's, okay. uh, it's not twenty five; it's thirty eight dollars a bottle. 
$36 a bottle now. Hey, did you notice too that the one inexpensive Domain Lafleur wine last week didn't actually go for a huge amount of money? I mean, no. it's Macron Verze. It's it's you know, not Chevalier Montrachet, yeah. but still, I think all of them hammered at under 60 bucks, which still to me sounds like a decent deal for Domain Lafleur. I mean, you're not, again, you're not kidding wines from Chevalier or, you know, from Pouligny or, or Chassagne, but it's uh, pretty incredible. And then I'll say, I'll, I'll say one last one. This 04 Conchi Toro Don Melchor Cabernet Sauvignon started at, at uh, 75, six bids took it to 110. Yeah, that's that pretty interesting. So cool. That's pretty interesting. Don Melchor, old, you don't, it's another, another rare wine, right? You don't see older Don Melchor at all. No, no. And, but, and you certainly don't think of it as something that gets a lot of action at auction. Like, we're on, no. like, I mean, it's, know, it's very, it's very popular and it's, it's always gets, huge scores i think from spectator i think it even got number one wine one year but it's popular wine and it's well known but that's another impossible to replace example for sure for sure and that, that, that one was in great condition let's head over to the heavy hitters right sure. at the top one and two were both 2015 domain laws top billing was the richborg at 10,500 number two was the romani saint Havant at 9,000 um, number three was another Burgundy. We've got the 2012 Domaine de la Romani Conti Latash for 5000 for Latash. You know, that's, I feel like Latash usually comes in a little bit lower than that, but I guess it is 2012. That was interesting. And then number four, we're back to Domaine Loire, the uh, Latissier Chambertin. Am I saying that correctly? Latissier. Latissier. That's what I said. And uh, I'm getting closer every time. That one sold for 4,900. Number five was the 87 Henri Jaillet Von Romani Les Brulee. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Which sold for uh, 4,785. Yeah. Uh, and then two more uh, DRCs, two more Latash, another uh, 15 Latash at 47.45, an 18 Latash at 47.20, and then an 08 Latash at 46.65, and 07 yeah, Latash at 40. I mean, it, it is Latash, interesting, Latash, actually, Latash. that the. You're right about that, that the 12 went from, I would have expected the 15 or even the 18 to go for more than the 12, but go figure. That's, that's, I mean, five, it's interesting. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, first of all, we, we talked about this last week. There was just a bevy of domain Romani Conti coming to auction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's probably not surprising to see it all. Maybe maybe it was a little bit surprising for me to see it all just, or all of this immediately go. But look, DRC is, you know, as you say, it's highly sought after. And then there was an 87J. I mean, look, it was like 87J, more Domain Romani Conti. Basically, to summarize, too long, didn't read, TLDR, uh, <laughs> it's a bunch of Burgundy. <laughs> it sold for a ton of money. Is everyone shocked? Um, yeah, right? that's true. I, well, let's take a look at records. Wrap everything up. I wanted to talk about Bond. Once again, we had a Bond six-pack 01 horizontal yeah. numbered at 2,500, which... Again, this stuff is really, I mean, week after week, we keep mentioning it's just going crazy. Charles Lachaud, we're going to Aligote at 600, which is a lot of money for Aligote, but Charles Lachaud's got a real following. 15 on Gross Richburg for Gross Richburg. Yeah, 800. Not, I mean, it's that's kind of in line, I think, of where it should be. It makes sense. I mean, it's, it's very expensive, but not crazy. 87 Henri Jaillet Nuit Merger. 39, 45, 45. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, they were doing well, too. 0200 Acre, Kaylee Morgan at 580. That's another one of those, you know, mailing list wines from California that seem to not 
performed incredibly well over the years and then kind of came back and now it's you know i mean it's obviously it's 21 year old vintage but still uh doing quite well saxon james berry magnum for 695 which is pretty crazy although it is the 07 which is the perfect score so what about this uh multi-vintage jacques salas brut rosé for 845 hind record previous high was 740 yeah that's going up and up and up not again not too surprising considering other salas ones are on fire but Um, yeah 845 for the rosé is is a lot 17 vice versa the magnificent seven cabernet seven young for 510 yeah I mean, that's 17? uh that's <laughs> a lot vice versa from a tricky vintage from 17 yeah years. that's what i was gonna say like 17 is yeah I mean, 16 okay that's gotta be right. a super 13, super sure. rare wine i i can't imagine there's a lot of it i know it got some big big scores but that doesn't really seem to matter Wait. But what's uh, crazy to me is the most recent hammer at another auction house was like 228. Yeah. So like no, less than half. It's weird. I think it's just a really, really rare bottling. There's just not a lot of it. So yeah, a lot of a lot of records last week. So and all over the place. A lot of crazy stuff going on. Check out this week. We have a ton of stuff in auction. We're gonna work on putting out a couple of episodes to to review the stuff we have coming in auction. There's a lot, a lot of really cool stuff. Don't bid on anything that I've already bid on, please. <laughs> and with that, that concludes Finally Ham for this week. It's been Jeff McGurn and Paul Walker for Wine Bid wishing you happy bidding and cheers. Cheers. Cheers.